Wow. This has been a week for the ages. It started, my week started with the news of a, a dear friend of mine and a friend of many uh, of you in this church that Pastor Carl Snyder was rushed to the hospital early this week uh, with serious uh, COVID complications. Just found out yesterday his wife Pat was rushed to the hospital as well. Uh, his condition was and continues to be serious. Then Tuesday evening, Kara Kenyanjui, the daughter of George and Athalia, Kara and the Kenyanjuis have been here for many, many years, was shot several times and needed emergency surgery Tuesday night, and she had another surgery Wednesday. That very same evening, I was informed by one of our elders, Jack Sub, that Pastor Bruno would be taking some time off. And as Jack and I were discussing what that meant, uh, we talked for about 10, 15 minutes. I said, well, who's going to preach Sunday? And there was this great silence. <laughs> I said, got it. I got it. But realizing that I was officiating a wedding on Friday and had a commitment in Washington, D.C. on Saturday, I, I, I knew that I did not have much time to prepare uh, a message. And I guess the realization of putting a message together in, sh in short notice, and maybe more importantly that night, thinking about Kara, and not even knowing if this beautiful young lady would even make it. You would think that my first order of business would to just get on my knees and pray. But I have to confess, it, that wasn't my first order of business. My first order of, of business was to have a dentist pity party. <laughs> Finally, my wife kind of figuratively slapped me out of it, and we prayed. And, and I've been on my knees all week praying. I'm happy to say that Carl Snyder is doing better. Praise God. I'm happy to say that Kara is with us. And of course, we certainly need to continue to pray for Pastor Jampa and his family. So I had to think about a topic to pray. Well, this may surprise you. I'm going to speak on prayer. <laughs> We're going through this emphasis on prayer, and I cannot think of a better topic uh, to talk about. So, you know, this is not the way you ever want to start uh, a sermon, so I'm going to apologize up front. I really did not get a lot of time to put a really cool, powerful um, uh, PowerPoint, but I, I do have some scripture I want to go over. But we may do this the old-fashioned way as well. Um, Let's look at our Bibles. So if you have your Bibles, if you worship Bibles, we're going to look at a few uh, scripture verses. Um, guys, can you get the first um, scripture verse up? If not, we'll be looking at 1 Thessalonians uh, 5, 16 through 18. And if you don't have it, I, I, let, me, let me read it. And it starts with, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. 
And we're really going to focus on verse 17, that simple passage that says, pray without ceasing. And actually, I like the living Bible paraphrase. It's a little bit better. It says, always keep on praying. You see, what the Apostle Paul is doing in this short, simple passage is informing the Christians in the church of Thessalonica is that they should and must develop a habit of prayer. And once they have that habit, they should never, ever break it. See, Jesus told his disciples a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. We lose heart when we don't pray. See, God is committed to those who have become a part of his family, and he is committed to answering our prayers. One of the questions I've heard for years, and I think it's a legitimate question, is why pray? Why pray? If God knows what is going to happen, and if God's will is what is going to happen, what will my prayers do? Why bother? What good is it when I pray? Well, there are many reasons we need to pray. And I believe that we first pray for the good of our own spiritual lives. When we pray, what do we do? We communicate with God. This is our way of talking to God. It's a relationship. I will never understand why Sinful people like us can have a relationship with God, but we can. And that is a really cool thing. And our prayer life is vital to our own spiritual growth and maturation in the family of God. Listen, without prayer, we cannot know God's will. And if we do not know God's will, we cannot know how we are to please him. And pleasing him is another way of saying obeying him. That must be our first priority. Our relationship with God is our first priority. And how can we have an authentic, real relationship if we're not talking, if we're not praying? It's like in my own life. My wife and I will celebrate 40 years of marriage in a few months. And we've had a wonderful marriage. But I have to be honest, the first seven years, it was a little rocky. And my wife She is a great communicator. She loves to communicate, you know what I mean? All right? And I could tell you the first seven years, when I would come home from work, sometimes she'd be sitting in the living room, and I would say, oh, great. She wants to talk to me. And very rarely, it was never good. It was usually something I did or didn't do. And I... I, I hated that living room, by the way. All right? But my wife forced me to communicate with her. And I can tell you, years later, it helps. We have a terrific marriage, and we talk, and we communicate all the time, and we know each other. It's a relationship, and our relationship gets stronger and stronger all the time. You cannot have a healthy relationship if you're not communicating with God. You cannot. But we also need to pray to advance the kingdom of God, right? And sometimes I think we neglect this vital point. I mean, we must pray for wisdom and courage and strength to share the good news of Jesus Christ everywhere we go. 
And we must pray for the Holy Spirit to proceed us in the hearts and minds of those who we will be speaking to so they will be receptive to the word we share with them. I struggle in this area. Being on staff for almost 20 years now, I have a lot of meetings and I have a lot of opportunities to um, meet folks and, and even share the gospel. Always pray for those meetings. That's, that's easy. That's in the confines of what I do all the time. But what I don't do well and I must improve on is praying for divine appointments every day. You know, talking to Mary Beck. She talks about Jesus everywhere she goes. All right? I can't believe I'm going to say this. I need to be more like Mary Beck. <laughs> right? But that's what we need to do. All right? We, we, we have to pray to enhance the kingdom of God. I believe what Paul is saying is this sort of prayer must be habitual. We must learn to develop this habit of prayer in our lives. This is why this, this whole verse, you know, um, 517, pray without ceasing, is just so intriguing. I mean, Look, I don't think it means that we can assume some pious or condescending attitude because we're constantly in prayer as if we're more spiritual than other people, nor does it mean we have to go and live in a monastery, right? Or, or, or you know what? I don't think we need to be on our knees 24-7. But what it is telling us is that we should always be in a spirit and mindset of prayer. We must have an attitude of prayer all the time. Does that make sense? You know, we should always be ready to pray when it is needed. It should always be running through our minds. My wife is good like that. If we're driving down the road and we see a car accident, you know, I'm just looking and saying, what happened? My wife, let, let's pray for those people. That's, that's an attitude of prayer. That's having a mindset of always praying. You know, when we look at, and if we take some time to study prayer, I think we can see that prayer has two sides, the human and the divine. And the human side is where we speak to God, and the divine side is, is when he speaks back to us. You see, true prayer is a dialogue. It's not a monologue. It's a dialogue. But this dialogue is where we bring our confessions, our, our thanksgivings, our, 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 our um, petitions, and, and our intercession to God. And this is my opinion right here, but I think the most important part of prayer is not when we are speaking to God, but when we are listening for God to speak into our hearts. We should always have a part of our quiet time dedicated to listening. We must hear from God. You must hear from God regarding your will for your life, his answers to your prayers, and his guidance in matters where, where you are struggling, where you're unsure. We have to listen. Listening to God is possibly more important in your prayer life than the verbalization of your prayers. Why? Well, think about this. God already knows what you're going to say. All right? However, he desires you to ask because he desires a relationship with you. And again, that's what's so amazing about being a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he desires a relationship with broken, sinful people. What a God.
You know, I believe one of Satan's tactics to hinder our walk with the Lord is, is busyness. It's busyness. Americans love to be busy. And I have to confess to you again, I love to be busy. I thrive on busyness. But you know what? I now recognize that my love of being busy has hindered my own walk with the Lord. I tend, for the most part, to be a very disciplined human being. Um, I like discipline. I have a lot of discipline in my own life. I don't struggle with finding time to pray. I, I, I carve out time to pray in my life. However, because I am so busy, I often neglect in my quiet time, time to listen to God. Time to listen. When I do find time to listen, I tend to journal. And when I journal and go back, I can see what God is saying to me. But I'm so sporadic with that. I have to do better. And listen, I recognize that many of you are legitimately busy in life. I, I, I know that, right? We have family, right? Children, work, children, ministry, children, sports. Did I mention children, right? I mean, who's busier than a mom with little kids? You know, in November, um, my, my youngest daughter, Stacy, with some of her small group couples, went to Florida for an adult-only week. And so we watched our three grandkids. And we loved it. It, it, it was wonderful. Eight days, by the way, but it was wonderful. <laughs> Can I tell you, I'm still recovering from it. All right? In those eight days, my quiet time was put off. My prayer time was put off. It was really difficult. So I understand busyness. And moms, I, I especially now, now understand how busy you all are. I respect the heck out of all of you. But you know what? Because we're busy doesn't mean we should neglect our time with the Lord. I'm going to say this. That's an excuse. Okay? We cannot allow busyness to affect our time with the Lord. If you're that busy, let me just give you three or a couple just quick things you can do. And this is not rocket science, but it may help. If, especially a mom, if you don't have time to pray, do, these, do a quick prayer. All right? uh, these are prayers you can kind of work into your busy schedule. You know, if you're like my wife and I with our little kids, we, 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 we pick up Duplos like 20 times a day. So if you're picking up the Duplos or the mess, Pray out loud, a quick one-sentence prayer. Just, just pray out loud, all right? This will give you encouragement, but also your children, you're modeling prayer in front of your children, all right? That's if you have really no time to pray. If you have a little bit more time, let me encourage you to do this. Commit five minutes a day to pray. Five minutes. I believe there's four, over 1,400 minutes in a day. What, 1,440 minutes? Everybody can find five minutes. Commit five minutes. And when you commit five minutes, I guarantee you those five minutes will go to six, seven, eight. It'll just happen because you're building up a habit of prayer, a discipline. And you know what? When you start to pray consistently, you start to see what God will do in your life, how he answers your prayers. And you know what? You'll recognize how interested God is, is truly is, and who you are, and what you do. 
And once you start doing that, you'll start praying longer. Simple, but effective. We cannot allow busyness to rob us from our time with our creator. We must learn to develop a habit, a habit of prayer for many reasons, for many reasons. But I want to share really two quick um, reasons why I think it's so important to develop this habit. Number one, I kind of mentioned this already. We must develop, develop a habit of prayer because God is a God who listens and he listens to his people. Our God is a God who listens, but he's not like a, a cosmic waiter who is there taking your order when you pray. No. God listens to your prayers, but he knows what is best for you, and he's going to answer our prayer in the most beneficial manner for us. See, the gifts he bestows upon us are only the gifts that are good for us. Matthew 7, 11 says, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who's in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? God's a God who listens. And we can find that in his answers to our prayers, the gifts he bestows are in perfect harmony for his purpose in our lives. And you know, after we become a, I don't know, a, a, a veteran in our prayer life, we can begin to know what to expect from God when we pray, knowing his will. But please notice what I, what I just said. When we pray, not whenever we pray. When we pray. As veterans of the prayer wars, we must develop this habit that Paul is speaking about in our passage this morning. Pray without ceasing or always keep on praying. We have to establish that discipline in our life. The second reason why I think this is so important is we need to develop a habit of prayer because of our great need of God and, and his guidance in our lives. When you look at any of the great leaders throughout the Bible, we see that these men and women were dedicated to prayer life. The list is long. I mean, what, there's Hannah. Uh, King David, Job, Daniel, Paul, and of course, who better than Jesus himself? But take Daniel, for instance. We see that Daniel formally got down on his knees and prayed three times a day. He knew and understood the importance of a solid prayer life. He got it. And we, too, must realize and understand that a solid prayer life is beneficial to our walk and understanding of what God desires of us. And what does God ultimately desire? A relationship with him. To be right with him. We're all sinners, but we must be right with God. We're all sinners. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 1 John 1.8 says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I never doubted I was a sinner. Even before I knew the Lord, <laughs> I knew I was a sinner. But now as a, as a longtime believer, I've come to realize that not only am I a sinner, 
but I'm a wretched sinner and saved by the grace of God. I see the effects. I've seen the effects of unconfessed sin in my life. And I've seen seen the effects of unconfessed sin in the lives of others. But the great news, friends, is the next verse, John, 1 John 1.9, that says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all right on unrighteousness. I've said this many, many times, that in counseling, when you're counseling and you kind of peel back the onion and you get to the root cause of the issue, it's normally unforgiveness. It's almost always unforgiveness. We must confess our sins to the Lord. But listen, listen, we must forgive others as well. We must forgive others as well. Not only is forgiveness of sin one of our great needs in life, but we also need guidance and wisdom in living our daily lives. One of my favorite Bible passages in the Bible, and I, and I pray this almost daily, is James 1.5, okay? And we all know that, right? If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. The word of God tells us we must pray for wisdom. Does anyone need wisdom? I pray for wisdom every single day. Wisdom is God's insight that is given when we ask for it. And that insight enables us to see the particular course of action that needs to be taken in any particular situation. I truly believe that forgiveness of sin are the two of the greatest needs in the life of the Christian. But there are many, many others, and we know that. I also see the deliverance from temptation by Satan as a great need as well for Christians. As Christians, we must, on a daily basis, pray without ceasing for deliverance from temptation, or at the very least, right, the strength to survive and refute all temptation that comes our way. We live in a world that is full of temptation. Technology has not helped. It's all around us. It's hard. I think there are more ways to be tempted today than ever before. I really do. James 4, 7, 8 tells Christians that if we submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. But listen, submission to God begins with our prayers before the throne of grace. It's where it starts. We have to pray. And finally... One last reason why we must develop a good habit of prayer is intercession. Intercession. Intercession for our loved ones and for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Again, if you have your Bibles, we're in James right now. Go to James chapter 5. I'm going to read uh, verses 13 through 18. James writes, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? 
Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth bore fruit. This tells those who are sick to call for church, to pray for them. As a church, we have done this for years, and we will continue to do this. You need prayer, ever, ever hesitate to ask. We'll pray for you before the service. We'll pray for you after the service. We'll come to your house and pray. We need to pray. We need to pray. We pray a lot. We need to pray more. I've been at this church for a number of years. Some of you have been here much longer than than me. I have seen God's hand over this church through many trials and tribulations like any church goes through. God is good. God is good. He hears our prayers but we need to pray. Tuesday evening, I believe it was Chaplain Schaefer who notified me the car was shot. And his first question was, do we have a prayer chain? I can tell you within minutes, within, within minutes, we had multiple churches, including this church, praying for Kara. Within minutes. I believe Carr is here because of your prayers. Prayer is a direct conduit to God, and God is our great physician. He cares. He heals. He loves us. And I know we have folks here at this church who pray all the time. I know that. You pray for me. You pray for the leaders. You pray. You just pray. You pray daily. You pray weekly. So appreciate that. And because of the prayers... Right? We have seen God intervene over and over and over. Many of you pray for our missionaries. We're praying for the world. This is why we must continue to develop a good habit of constant prayer. We have to be ready at a moment's notice to pray. An accident. Pray. Someone meeting someone to share the gospel. We need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray. I look at intercessory prayer like this. Like Pastor Bruno, I, I love sports analogies. So, um, on any football team, there's a star, right? There's a quarterback, especially in offense, quarterback, a receiver, um, a running back. And the fans tend to look at that person as the hero, the star, the guy. And I think if you go and you interview most of those players they would tell you, all right, they're really not the star. The stars are the offensive linemen, right? They block, right? I mean, they protect. 
You know, a quarterback can't throw the ball if he's being sacked. A running back can't run the ball if there's no holes, right? The offensive linemen are truly uh, the heroes of any sports football team. And the church, it's, it's the same way. There's no stars here, let me just say that. But the pastors, the elders, the ministry leaders, the ones who tend to be up front or leading ministry, I believe if you ask any ministry leader who's worth his or her salt, they will tell you it's the prayers of the saints that will make all the difference. We can't do our ministry without praying together. Prayer is so vital. Our intercessory prayers are vital, and we must develop a good habit of intercessory prayer especially in this day and age and this culture. Folks, prayer is a powerful tool for the Christian life. And the Apostle Paul wanted the Christians to realize that getting into the habit of continuous and constant prayer would only serve to enhance and further one's walk with the Lord. And when our walk is right, that's when we reach the kingdom for Christ. We can't reach the kingdom if we're not ready, it has to start here. has to start with me. It has to start with you. We have to build a prayer habit. We should and must develop this habit of prayer and not break it because God desires for our fellowship with him. God has placed a desire, a yearning in all of his creation to fellowship with him. And prayer is the tool to fulfill that desire and yearning. Oswald Chambers wrote, the battle of prayer is against two things, wandering thoughts and lack of intimacy with God's character as revealed in his word. Neither can be cured at once, but they can be cured by discipline. It was funny... um, As I was looking at what to share uh, this morning, I, uh, I have a little room in my house it's upstairs. It's a small room. Um, it's a reading room. You know, I, I study. I, I pray. And, you know, I have some pictures and some pithy statements on the wall. And you know how it is sometimes you get stuff on the wall, and after a while, you just don't even see it. It's just there. So I'm sitting there Friday night, um, just kind of thinking through, meditating on this. And I, I look at a placard that I had on the wall. That says, life is fragile. Handle with prayer. First Thessalonians 5.17. I said, whoa, what a great reminder. Life is fragile. But we must handle it with prayer. We must handle it with prayer. I am thankful that as a church, we're going through a prayer emphasis right now. 21 days of breakthrough prayer. If you haven't received this book, we have books out in the foyer. Just go to the, to the information center. It doesn't matter if you haven't started it. You know, start it now. We must pray. We must pray as a body. I'm going to tell you right now that we're going through a, a unique time as a congregation. God has it. God has it. We're good. We'll be good. We'll be fine. But we must pray. We must pray. You know what? Life is fragile. Let's be handled with prayer. Let's pray. 
Father, I, I, I thank you for <laughs> this thing called prayer. And Lord, I, I'm still amazed, even baffled, that you would even allow people like us to go to you. But you do, and you desire a relationship with us. So Father, I, I thank you uh, for prayer. I thank you for this body of believers who we do pray. And I pray, Lord, that we would ramp up our prayers. I pray, Lord, that you'd give us an amazing discipline uh, of prayer. Father, I pray especially over this emphasis uh, that you would do an amazing work here. I pray that you'd give great wisdom to leaders. I pray for comfort. Uh, I, I pray for ministry leaders. I pray for all of us going through the things we're going through. Also pray for the Jamba family, that you'd continue to strengthen and heal them as well. Lord, we, we love you. We thank you. And Lord, we recognize again over and over that you are a good, good father. You are a wonderful God. You care for us and you love us. Finish this message in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, folks. Have a great week in the Lord. See you next week.